Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Echo Network's Imagine India podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Olson. At the Echo Network, we dream of the world not as it is, but as it could be. It's one of the reasons that we love the power of science and technology to shape our futures. We know that by working together, we already have all the tools we need to achieve our dreams. The Echo Network's Imagine India podcast listens to the dreams that our world's light bringers have for India and our planet. We believe that by listening to each other, we can begin to bring those many dreams together for a collective vision that can become the new reality. So let's start now. Today's guest is a founder, a sustainability consultant, a climate action warrior, an ESD strategist, a true system thinker, and as we know him, the co-founder of both the Initiative for Climate Action and Zero to Positive, Jay Warrior. Welcome to our program. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. It's nice to have you on our podcast. You know, we we talk so often, and it's really nice to to be able to share your wisdom with uh, with our listeners as well. So I'm really grateful that you're here too. So how did this journey start for you to really be working in this area of of broadly climate action, but also has all of these different nuances in terms of you know net zero, um, in terms of of uh, sustainability as and all of these other aspects. So, so how did you how did you get to this role that you have now? I did sociology because that was very interesting for me uh, to understand how uh, culture, society, uh, people, organizations, how do they actually function? Uh, and I remember having a very interesting teacher in school who actually introduced me to sociology and. The critical thinking that sociology brings uh, it, I think every as the aspiration of every sociologist is to be as objective and observe society without biases. Uh, and that's something that I felt I was doing anyways. And then somebody gave it a label of sociology. Today, whenever I read something written by a sociologist or anthropologist, I'm, I'm immediately fascinated. So that was a little bit about kind of my degree automatically taking me into something that uh, made me observe the world. And then fast forwarding a little bit, I worked as a consultant at Sattva and uh, that was kind of my first job and first introduction into the world of social impact and philanthropy and CSR. And that's where I got introduced to sustainability especially corporate sustainability. And a simple example was one of the corporates that I was working with, they were selling about 2 lakh or 200,000 packets of of their product every month. Uh, And they just changed the packaging a little bit. And that had such a transformational impact because one uh, team or a couple of people were able to make that decision and and the packaging was immediately eliminated. That was... Uh, That kind of was a light bulb moment for me to say that instead of going to two lakh different individuals or consumers and telling them that, hey, you should be more conscious and be more sustainable, if we go right to the corporates who are actually 
you know, uh, producing and selling these products, uh, we can have such a transformational impact. So that was kind of a light bulb moment there. And then the other one was about um, when uh, Ajay Raghavan, who's the co-founder at the Initiative for Climate Action, he uh, did a talk for us at Sattva where he walked through the 1.5 degrees, living with 1.5 degrees report right. in 2018 right. that had just come out. Um, and he really showed system by system all the different uh, challenges that we will face at 1.5 and at 2 degrees. Uh, and then he kind of ended that talk with saying, hey, we're on track to being between 4 and 8 degrees. Uh, yeah. so imagine how disruptive this was. So that was really my kind of final trigger where it said that, okay, I'm doing all of this work, but this is the most important and urgent thing for me to do. I mean, I, I appreciate you talking about the systems level and also going to the, let's say, the 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 pressure points in the system, like the corporates, as you mentioned. And uh, when I asked how you wanted to be remembered, you mentioned that, uh, well, of course, you're still very much at the early stages of your <laughs> journey, but you, you want to be remembered as an individual who uncovered the interconnectedness between problems and solutions, and that you're most proud of providing some hope and direction to others for climate action. And you also mentioned that you want to be remembered as an individual who simplified sustainability for people. So I'm going to take you up on that offer. Sustainability is a really difficult word. I, it's used in so many contexts uh, today and, and that it almost feels kind of like the word love, right? I feel like we know it when we have it, but it's nearly impossible for us to describe to others. So simplify it for us today. What is sustainability? So for me, sustainability or uh, when I have to describe that to somebody else, is it really starts with, in some sense, a conscious consumption. Uh, it's really about uh, unpacking what it took uh, even to look at something like the laptop that we're using or the cup of coffee that I had in the morning, just uncovering what it took from right from the farmer who planted the seed to the person who picked them, to the person who transported it, the person who processed it, the person who even decided that they marketed it to me and figured out the economics throughout that whole process. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, thinking about sustainability really starts with uh, being a little more conscious and, and, and starting with the questioning of things and not just assuming that um, you know, if everyone else is doing it, it must be fine. I think those are some of the starting elements uh, for a word like sustainability for me. And of course, there's the standard uh, definition from the United Nations about, you know, consuming enough uh, for today and for future generations. I think that's how they tried to simplify it, uh, consuming and using enough. Yeah. You know, when I first met you, I was actually 
really surprised. I thought you were probably a lot older because you've done so much already in your life and even founding two organizations. You, you mentioned one of them, but, you know, mm-hmm. Zero to Positive is actually your most recent work that you've been doing. And as I understand it, the name, it stems from the desire to move beyond just the net zero commitments that have been made by corporates and, and governments, uh, but also seeking ways to actually have a, a positive impact on the environment. And this really goes beyond what we were talking about earlier, like the idea of sustainability, because I think that sustainability seems it's a very passive thought, you know, it's like sustaining, uh, <laughs> maintaining the, 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 the systems as they are. But positive change um, is actually an active way of thinking. Uh, and I find this really interesting. So I, I'd, I'd like to know, what do you feel are the, the biggest ways that you see us having positive changes here in India right now? What aspects of our environment do you feel uh, need the most positive attention? Sure. So maybe I can speak about a couple of examples of kind of the tangible work that we're doing with cities and urban resilience uh, at the Initiative for Climate Action. So uh, the project is about actually adopting a ward around our office space uh, and seeing how we can transform that uh, that ward and uh, really help it respond to. Uh, climate change and sustainability and all the knock-on effects. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the rationale for working on that is the fact that there is going to be a growing urban population. Uh, there's going to be a growing middle class, which is going to mm-hmm. uh, increase its consumption. The per capita consumption is going to go up. When consumption goes up, usually waste also goes up. Urban centers uh, are not just kind of areas of mass consumption and mass uh, waste generation, but they're actually areas where uh, they, in some sense, can self-sustain and even look at concepts of uh, decentralized and localized circularity. I would say the urban centers and urban cities uh, that India has, uh, actually looking at them as uh, unique opportunities rather than just saying that, okay, there's a lot of consumption that's having happening in this space. Um, I would say that that's an interesting uh, problem and something that we're actively working on. People genuinely are our biggest resource. And, yes. Um, yes. you know, that's why even some of our work at Zero to Positive is looking at green careers and green skills and green education uh, and how we can really showcase uh, the future and the present actually being about transitioning to low carbon net zero economies and organizations and the role that people themselves can take up. And we're very encouraged by the kind of responses and the kind of momentum and energy just in the last six months that we've seen of the number of people that are reaching out on various forums saying that, yeah, I want to work in this space or I even want to study and make a career out of working on sustainability and climate action. So how how do I go about that? And that for us is very encouraging to see. I love what you just said. I think it's also very true. I think that we often, when we think about these terms, net zero, uh, sustainability, ESGs, all of the terms that we've been, been speaking about today, I think we 
often immediately go to technology or digitization or, or these kind of aspects. And it, it, they're people problems. These are people problems and they require people to solve them and people to understand the issues as well. So I think it's very important what you just said. Um, and I think it's something that we all need to focus on a lot more. Um, you also mentioned uh, one of your co-founders earlier, Ajay, but I actually wanted to ask you about somebody else who said who influenced you. So tell me about Tulshi. Who is Tulshi Chowdhury? Yeah, Tulshi Chowdhury. Um, I'm fortunate to call her my co-founder, uh, a good friend of mine, and uh, a recent word that I've started using, a co-passenger in my system <laughs> uh, and climate action journey. Uh, so Tulshi and I met at Sattva uh, when we both were working there. Yeah, we had a good kind of social circle at work. And I think uh, it highlights the point of while we're working on difficult challenges, the importance of community, importance of friends, importance of a support system that is in some sense going through the same, uh, you know, trials, tribulations. Yeah. Tulsha is also originally from Bhuvneshwar in Odisha. Uh, so she went back home and was working as an independent consultant, uh, working on uh, policy and impact evaluation uh, for statewide projects. And um, I started the initiative for climate action and was working on really building that up. Uh, and I distinctly remember this one phone call when Tulsha uh, we used to catch up every couple of months, but then this one phone call where she rang me and she said, hey, Jay, I'm working on this project uh, for vegetable gardens and uh, using vegetable gardens in Odisha where uh, that's going to complement the uh, dietary requirements of, of uh, people in Odisha. And uh, climate change was just seen as you know, one of these external factors that may have some impact on the on the outcome of this vegetable garden project. And uh, I can't believe that the government and all the other agencies are not taking climate as seriously as it needs to be. Because when I went right. to the and I saw the challenges firsthand, I realized that, uh, you know, people have not thought through uh, where will the water come from for these vegetable gardens throughout the year? Maybe it works in certain months, but in other months, it's just not going to work because in Odisha, even in Odisha, the kind of regional diversity of the climatic conditions is uh, fairly uh, diverse. Um, and I think that was her uh, kind of light bulb moment and, and trigger to say that, hey, climate is not just an external uh, kind of factor to consider, but actually something that is integral for the outcomes and success of uh, every program. And that's something that right. we're looking at very seriously at Zero to Positive today is to say whether it's a health intervention, whether it's education, livelihoods, gender equity, all of these are going to get and already are getting impacted by uh, climate change and its impacts on heat and flooding and 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 water security. Um, so yeah, I think that's 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 the story of Tulshe and I. And then uh, fast forward a little bit, we uh, were doing some independent consulting together, uh, mm -hmm. and we realized that hey, we have the kind of consulting uh, knowledge and skills. We have this interest in climate action, and we. Uh, kind of keep coming back to this commitment that, hey, will we be working on climate a year from now? 
Uh, and as long the answer so far has been yes, uh, this is something that we really can and are continuing to dedicate our lives to. Uh, so I think it's that shared commitment with which we really started Zero to Positive. And uh, I think even the name uh, uh, working on net positive impact, I think, yeah. gives yeah. us enough time to uh, spend a lifetime working on this and <laughs> many other people along as well. Yeah, I like that you call her a co-passenger and not a co-pilot because it, it also gives the sense that you you are both also with many others, you know, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I think it's time for me to ask you the three questions that, that lie at the heart of our program. And that's about your dreams, Jay. Okay, so yeah. I would like you to close your eyes. Okay. And imagine... The India 2033, so not too long from now, just 10 years, that you dream of. And I want you to tell us what does it look like? Yeah, so I think India in 2033 uh, will look very populated. Uh, it'll also look very uh, polluted. Mm -hmm. uh, and it'll also look very prosperous. And uh, just to unpack all of those, I would say is the population that we just discussed. It's also going to be an urban population uh, that's going to continue to grow. Um, and the pollution, I can't help but state the fact that with our current consumption patterns and our current approach to uh, pollution and environmental regulations, uh, as much as I would like it to be less polluted, there is a high degree of certainty that it's going to be more polluted than it is today. Um, and I want to kind of end that with saying it's still going to be very prosperous. And I feel mm -hmm. India as a country and as a culture, uh, we from day one, have been able to do with a lot, with very little. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think... Landing on the moon. <laughs> landing on the moon, uh, uh, on our way to the sun, um, yes. you know, even with uh, a lot of current challenges that we already face, uh, we still manage to innovate. We still manage to uh, quickly pivot to other ways of uh, you know, uh, tending to our needs. The India in 2033, I feel, is really going to um, still be optimistic, still be hopeful, uh, still be very innovative. And I'm really hoping and really kind of dedicating uh, this next 10 years uh, to ensure that uh, we will be on our path to decarbonize uh, and we're going to find very innovative ways to do that and yet kind of increase our population, yet increase our kind of economy as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the India that I'm imagining in 2033. So my question uh, to you is if if you had any resources that are either existing or not existing, and if I could wave a magic wand for you, um, what could you do? Well, how would you use that that wish uh, in order to have that positive, beautiful, clean environment and the prosperity that 
that of course we all want for, for everyone in India as well. What we realized and what I personally also realized uh, after going through several uh, articles, reports, uh, webinars regarding climate is the ones that really stick are the ones that have uh, an exceptional ability to storytell. Uh, and when I look back at a lot of uh, scientific work, I feel like uh, there's been an overemphasis on uh, data and figures and methodology, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, is fantastic in the science world and uh, <laughs> serves a purpose there. But when it comes to actually getting people to reevaluate their right. uh, behaviors, their practices, uh, the the way it's communicated uh, is is so vital and so important that we um, that that is the one resource that I feel we could really use more of. Obviously, with the Echo Network, I couldn't I, I couldn't agree more with you about the the importance of communicating um, not just science but the connection that all of us have with our environment and the importance. Of, of our our planets to our to our survival right so, so what is one thing um that you're excited about that you're doing towards towards this effort and improving our connection with our environment around us improving this communication of of how we need to be able to live more closely with our environment for for our prosperity yeah i think the the one thing that i'm truly excited about is getting to very tangible uh, and impactful kind of steps uh, that we as individuals can take, um, that organizations, whether they're uh, for-profit, not-for-profit, and of course, governments themselves, what they can take. So uh, I think a lot of work and research and, and, and knowledge has been created about the mm -hmm. parts of decarbonizing and adapting to climate change. Um, and I'm super excited about how we uh, further contextualize them uh, for various contexts. And uh, that's what we're doing with our ward project. That's what uh, Zero to Positive is doing with various corporates and organizations and educational institutes is to really contextualize what does this larger decarbonization pathway mean for you? Uh, and that's what Keep piques my curiosity. That's what seems to be the interest of other uh, very bright and uh, energized professionals who are also entering this space. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's really figuring out what are the tangible steps that we can take, right. uh, and I guess power through the uncertainty, the overwhelm, and I think definitely anxiety that comes with working in this space. Uh, yeah. to really say that, okay, I can't do everything today, but what can I at least start off with? And making everyone co-passengers, right, with us on this journey. I think this is really important. I, I think you said it perfectly. Um, and I, I think it's I think it's definitely in our grasp, as you say, we have all the resources. Now we just need to get everyone on the, on the boat or the plane <laughs> together. Um, I, I really want to thank you for coming on to our podcast um, and sharing your your dreams and, and your thoughts um, and your wisdom 
your tremendous wisdom. I mean, you've become such a fast friend to me and also such a partner to the Echo Network. And it's really a joy uh, to work with you every day. And I learned so much from you every day. I, as I said, you have such a tremendous wisdom. So thank you so much. And it, I really think that you give all of us hope that these dreams that you envision today will actually be truly realized for all of us. Um, so, so thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Shannon, and uh, thanks for having me. And I think it's been quite an insightful journey, even responding to some of these questions and making me think a little bit. So thanks for uh, the amazing prompts. Um, and yeah, look forward to doing many more of these uh, on the way to 2033. Absolutely. And uh, if any of you out there are interested in the work that Jay is doing or would like to contact him for more information, of course, please check out the Initiative for Climate Action or the Zero to Positive websites. They're both beautiful websites. Or you can write to us at info@echonetwork.in, and we will connect you directly. And thank you to all of our listeners out there for being our co-passengers on our, on our podcast. And I hope you tune in next month when we share more dreams for India and for the world. And until then... We wish you love and hope and keep dreaming. Bye, everybody. Bye.